The South Carolina Gamecocks defeated the South Carolina State Bulldogs in the first game of the Lamont Paris era. And they had fans on the edge of their seats, both for good and bad reasons at times. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Florida Gators on the SEC Network right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecocks sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And as I mentioned earlier, the South Carolina Gamecocks have gotten off to the right start that they would have wanted for their men's basketball season. As South Carolina went out in the Colonial Life Arena on Tuesday night and defeated the South Carolina State Bulldogs by a final score of 80-77, which to the naked eye would be a showing that most fans probably would not accept. But you have to understand the context into the makeup of this team, the current situation with this roster and the newness of the head coach and his staff and coaching at this level. So I'm going to dive into all of that on today's show. So let's start off with some of the positives and I'll go ahead and get into it with the play of GG Jackson. Look, for his first ever college basketball game, I thought GG Jackson did a pretty good job. I thought that he took advantage of a lot of the opportunities that he had on offense. There were multiple occasions where he was able to go into the paint get an offensive rebound, get a quick put back, or at the very least continue the possession for South Carolina. He also had a few thunderous dunks, including one which due to an injury that Michi Johnson suffered in the fast break, had to hit it off of the backboard where Gigi then jumped up and threw it down to roars from the crowd in the Colonial Life Arena. I thought that Gigi did pretty well overall. Of course, this is his first ever college basketball game, and there were some negatives. I did feel like at times he could have done a little bit more in terms of his effort on the defensive end, which, of course, he'll learn how to sort of pace himself throughout these games. I did think he was a little bit gassed near the end, which is to be expected because he's now facing college athletes week in and week out. He's no longer playing just high school players. And he is still 17 years old. He's still trying to grow into his body. So all of that is going to come with time. He also did hit a couple of nice three-point shots last night. So there was multiple good things that Gigi Jackson did overall in terms of this being the season opener for South Carolina. I thought that the true freshman star did quite well. And yeah, he's going to have an impact for this team this season. Oh, and by the way, he also had a double-double in his first ever college game. Not a whole lot of players can say that. 
Another positive from this game was the play of the veteran on the team, the elder statesman in Hayden Brown, who at this point has now been playing college basketball for six or seven years, transferred, of course, from the Citadel back in the offseason, and he was coming off of a hamstring injury heading into this matchup. So I personally thought that he wasn't going to actually play as much. He wound up playing 27, 28 minutes, and he also started the game in South Carolina's lineup. And... At first, there wasn't really a whole lot of noise made by Hayden Brown. But as the game progressed, Hayden Brown's savviness and experience really took over. He went into the paint a lot against this Bulldog front court. He did a great job of utilizing his leverage and with using his basketball IQ, knowing where he needs to be positioned on the floor in order to give himself the best shot selections, in order to maybe draw fouls, or in order to box a guy out and thus give the Gamecocks a better chance to get the rebound and go on in transition on the offensive end. So Hayden Brown did a lot of good things, both with the ball and without the ball on Tuesday night. Lamont Harris emphasized that, saying basically Hayden Brown is just a winner. He has winning qualities. He plays like a winning basketball player. And he and with what he does on the court, he wants all these young guys to take some of that stuff away while they're playing with Hayden Brown. So Hayden Brown was a big reason probably why South Carolina won this game in the first place. He deserves a ton of credit for putting this team on his back at times when he needed to. And then another positive I'll talk about real quick is the obvious growth of Jacoby Wright. Obviously, Jacoby Wright had his moments last year, being a true freshman from Fort Mill, South Carolina, and playing at point guard in the SEC Jacoby Wright found out the hard way at times that it's not easy playing that position at the Power 6 level in Division 1 college basketball, especially now in the SEC, a basketball conference that is much more competitive than it was just six, eight years ago. So Jacoby Wright played more off ball on Tuesday night, which was something that I picked up on. And he also seemed to be a lot more decisive, which was something that last season, it kind of seemed like he was very hesitant at times to sort of be willing to make the final call, make the decision on where the basketball needed to go or what it was that he just wanted to do himself. And I didn't really sense a whole lot of that hesitation on Tuesday night. It seemed like that Jacoby Wright was playing with a lot of confidence, like he knew what he was doing. And, you know, when he did shoot the ball, he put the ball in the net pretty well. I mean, he, I think, was three of four from three-point land, and he added another two-point jumper to boot. And I also think he even made three or four free throws at the free throw line. So, Jacoby Wright was a massive plus on the offensive end for South Carolina, and he also tacked on four rebounds and four assists, I believe, on the stat sheet. So Jacoby Wright did a little bit of everything, but based on just game one, I think Jacoby Wright's going to help out this team a lot more than some people may have realized heading into this season. Now, in just a couple moments, I'll finish talking about the positives from this season opener that South Carolina had against South Carolina State, and then I'll dive into some of the things that they did not do so well in some things that, you know, could end up biting them as they play some tougher teams later on this season. But first, I need to ask y'all a question real quick. Have you thought about securing your home with a home security system, but maybe you've been putting it off because you've been feeling like that, you know, it's going to be a long, arduous process? Well, if that explains you to a T, I want you to hear me out real quick. 
Right now, you all, the Locked On Gamecocks audience, can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the entire year. It won't be around for long. What I love about Simply Safe is the 24-7 monitoring agents the company utilizes, which in an emergency is used to find critical evidence and discover whether or not there is a credible threat. This allows for an adequate response time from the local authorities. Oh, and by the way, this monitoring service costs less than $1 a day, which is less than one of Simply Safe's biggest competitors in the market in ADT. So, don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I would recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/url today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com/lockedoncollege. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. All right, so to get into the last positive from South Carolina's opening night win against the South Carolina State Bulldogs, the final positive is quite simple. This team found a way to win, and I want to make it abundantly clear. Again, Lamont Paris and this coaching staff and the team themselves would probably sit there and tell you that... They're not really thrilled or they're not going to be doing cartwheels about the fact that they managed to get a three-point victory over the South Carolina State Bulldogs. Again, a team that went 15-16 and 16 this past season and were only returning four lettermen from that same roster. They're not going to be jumping up and down for joy about that. But the positive that should be taken away from this game is that they still found a way to win. Yeah, it got tough in the end. It at one point was a two-point Point game on multiple occasions in the final seven, eight minutes of this contest. And when you have a team that's comprised of so many new faces with a new coaching staff in town, it would be pretty easy for a team in that set of circumstances to just fold and lose that game. But South Carolina did not do that. They came up with enough plays, the exact plays that they needed when they needed them the most. And they got contributions from enough guys on the floor that it helped them find a way to win this basketball game. And yes, I get it. If they're playing an SEC team in this same kind of ball game, then you're probably more likely to see the opponent win the matchup at the end. I understand all that, but... I think that it shows a lot of maturity from this team that, again, despite the fact that there's so many new players on the roster and they have a first-year head coach, which, as Amon Paris has said before, most of them did not choose him to be their college coach. They're already responding, it seems like, to the kind of coaching that he instills in this program, which I think speaks volumes to the job that they have done in the short time that they've been here in Columbia. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the negatives now. From this game. The first negative that sort of stood out to me were the lapses in weak side defensive rotations. Basically, any plays for the Bulldogs that went to one side of the court, the opposite side was not guarded well enough. There were way too many open shots for South Carolina State guards from three point range. There was too many opportunities for the Bulldogs to really get some solid passing involved to where they were able to spread it around and 
find some good shot selections. And a big part of that was because the lack of rotation at times that took place on the court. And admittedly, one of the biggest struggles for a new team when you have this many new players and you're trying to build that team chemistry, one of the biggest issues at the very beginning for a team that is going through that scenario is always going to be defensive rotations. And with how much emphasis Lamont Paris puts on his defense, it's probably going to make it even more difficult for this team, at least at the very beginning, to get all of this stuff down pat because there's so many decisions that they're having to make in such a short time. So not too surprising. So I won't really hold this against the team that much, but this was definitely a problem on Tuesday night. And it is something they will have to try to progress in as the season moves along. Another negative that I had from this game were the lack of players who can create their own shot or were even willing to try and create their own shot. Now, obviously, there are a couple of freshmen out there on Tuesday night in Zachary Davis and G.G. Jackson and Daniel Haken Sanford who tried to create their own shot or maybe tried to create a shot that in high school they were able to do with ease. But now, again, if they're playing against college basketball players, Division I mid-major players even, they're not getting those shots that they used to get. They're not getting the same looks that they used to get when they were playing high school ball. So, again, that's going to just come with the territory. They're freshmen. They're going to learn very quickly what shots they can try to create and when they may just need to sit back and dish the ball off to somebody else. But the Bulldogs also played a lot of 2-3 zone on Tuesday night. And I saw a ton of hesitation with South Carolina's basketball team whenever they were faced with that zone defense. And obviously, it is a live game in front of a live crowd. So, you know, that can up the pressure a little bit in terms of trying to figure out the kind of decisions that you want to make compared to maybe running this kind of scenario in practice. But there were too many times where South Carolina just kept on passing the ball all around the three-point line, and no one seemed to want to take charge. And again, that's just something that's going to have to work itself out as the season progresses because... You cannot do that or else teams are going to pick up on that. They're going to key in on it, and they're going to throw that out there when they play you. They're going to throw out zone defense just to see how you do against it. And if that's the way you're going to react, then it will not change unless you force them to have to change for the better. So that was another negative that I saw from this team on Tuesday night. The last negative that I saw, and this is one that really cannot be changed right now, admittedly. The lack of overall size that this team has. I say this for a couple of reasons. South Carolina at times on Tuesday night had a lineup on the court where only one player on the court was over six feet, five inches tall. That's not good for an SEC basketball team. Now, Obviously, you know, I can under I can already hear the argument from some people right now. Andrew, height is not everything. Size is not everything. The heart is what matters. And you know something? You're right. Heart matters a lot. Effort matters a lot. It's not just all about who's the biggest person on the court. But in terms of basketball, size does matter. Size matters a great deal, especially when you're playing SEC basketball in January, in February, trying to maybe fight for an NCAA tournament spot in March. It eventually adds up. And for South Carolina, who didn't have Benjamin Bosman's for Donk on Tuesday night due to a lower body injury that he apparently has suffered in practice, 
They were down, you know, to only just a couple big bodies. Josh Gray, of course, stands at about seven feet tall. Trevon Minot is around that same size, but he didn't really play any minutes on Tuesday night. So it seems like that they're going to go small ball. If Benjamin Bosman's for dog can't play, which means that Gigi Jackson at six foot nine at times was the five really for South Carolina. And Gigi Jackson, again, he's six foot nine, but. He's about 220, 215 pounds. He doesn't have a whole lot of meat on his bones. So, you know, South Carolina, when if they face a situation like that against really good teams in this conference like Kentucky, like Arkansas, they're going to struggle, and it is going to hurt them in the front court. And South Carolina State, the other thing, and, you know, this is a credit to their guards, but also, you know, goes back to the point I'm making right now. They had a ton of shots over South Carolina defenders on Tuesday night. A lot of shots were South Carolina's defenders, they got a hand up in their face, but again, the lack of size and overall height, it really impacted them in a big way because South Carolina State legitimately felt like that they could go toe-to-toe with South Carolina. And of course, you never want to end up in a situation like that. So again, that's a negative that's not going to be changed overnight. Lamont Paris and the staff are going to have to recruit some guys into the program. They're going to change that. But for the time being, South Carolina is going to be a smaller lineup in terms of the height that they are going to bring to the hardwood. Now, before we get on to a discussion regarding some recruiting for Shane Beamer and the football program, I want to take a second to pause. And let you all know about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. Cookie Dough Topper, Coconut Brownie Bar, and Coconut Brownie Topper. If you haven't tried Built Bar at all, I'm going to tell you all right now, you are missing out. I've tried these myself. These are the best protein bars I've ever eaten in my entire life. These bars are made with 100% real chocolate. They're packed with 17 grams of protein. There's minimal amounts of sugar in there, for those of you who are very conscious of that. And they're only 130 calories. It'll change your life for the better. And they also have a plethora of other flavors they offer as well. You can order a mixed box today of five different flavors to expand your horizons in the protein bar realm. So if you're looking to get some of these protein bars to stock up on your shelf today, get 15% off of your order right now by using the promo code LOCKEDON15 when you go to built.com. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so South Carolina, in terms of athletics, has had a lot of good news over the last few days. The football team defeated Vanderbilt this past Saturday night. The women's basketball team started off their title defense on the right foot, defeating, or I should say annihilating, East Tennessee State on Monday night. And then South Carolina, on the men's basketball side of things, defeated South Carolina State on Tuesday night. However, South Carolina did get some bad news on Tuesday in terms of the recruiting front for football. As 2024 cornerback Carson Hobbs out of the state of Ohio decommitted from Shane Beamer and the program. Now, obviously, 
Again, I can already hear y'all right now. You're going to tell me he's a 2024 kid. He's got a lot of time to, you know, change what his thought process is with this recruiting process at any given moment. He's 16, 17 years old. I, I, I hear you and I understand all that. But I will say this, Carson Hobbs, the obvious reason why he decommitted from South Carolina here is he took an official visit to Notre Dame, I believe, this past weekend for uh, their thrashing of the Clemson Tigers. And it's pretty clear that he liked what he saw. He had quotes like, you know, I could envision myself playing here. And, you know, again, People could say that that was maybe an emotional response because, again, he's 16, 17 years old. He's having the time of his life getting to go on some of these visits and check out these, you know, great football programs that college football has to offer. But, you know, when you hear a quote like that, it sounds like the Fighting Irish made a pretty big impression on him. So, you know, I don't want to say that Carson Hobbs is going to wind up going to maybe commit to Notre Dame and not look back, but... It certainly sounds like right now, based on his reaction from that visit, that Notre Dame would probably be the perceived leader as of right now. Not to mention, it is way closer to home considering the fact that Notre Dame is in South Bend, Indiana, pretty close to the state of Ohio, very much so compared to South Carolina. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that recruitment. I'm not completely surprised. I was surprised over the summer when Carson Hobbs committed in the first place because really, truthfully, no one honestly saw that commitment coming. But needless to say, that's where we're at with the Carson Hobbs recruitment right now. So we'll continue to track that right here on Locked On Gamecocks. But again, if I had to make a guess right now, I'd probably say that he'll end up committing to Notre Dame, probably maybe sticking with Notre Dame considering how much of a player's coach apparently Marcus Williams is, I believe that's the name at least of the Notre Dame head coach, Marcus Williams. So again, we'll see how all that plays out. But with that being said, that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. What were your thoughts on South Carolina's season opener against South Carolina State? Is there anything that I did not mention in terms of a positive that you felt like should have been mentioned? Or what about maybe some other negatives? Was there something that really caught your eye for all of the wrong reasons? What did you think about South Carolina going down to the wire against the Bulldogs? And also, how do you feel about Carson Hobbs' decommitment from Shane Beamer and the South Carolina football program? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts, as always, in the comments section right here on YouTube if you're watching us today on video. Or if you're listening to us on an audio podcast app, you can also shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC, and I'll be sure to respond to your reply or comment as quickly as I see it. And once again, I want to thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen today. Now for your next listen, I'd like for y'all to go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, where the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day all take place. This podcast is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your audio podcast daily. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. I hope you all have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.